Section 17 of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Ass in the Lion's Skin. Once upon a time, when Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born in a farmer's family, and when he grew up, he got a livelihood by tillage. At the same time, there was a merchant who used to go about hawking goods, which a donkey carried for him. Wherever he went, he used to take his bundle off the ass and throw a lion's skin over him, and then turn him loose in the rice and barley fields. When the watchmen saw this creature, they imagined him to be a lion, and so durst not come near him. One day this hawker stopped at a certain village, and while he was getting his own breakfast cooked, he turned the ass loose in a barley field with the lion's skin on. The watchman thought it was a lion, and durst not come near but fled home and gave the alarm. All the villagers armed themselves and hurried to the field, shouting and blowing on conches and beating drums. The ass was frightened out of his wits and gave a hee-haw. Then the bodhisattva, seeing that it was a donkey, repeated the first stanza. Nor lion nor tiger I see, not even a panther is he, but a donkey— the wretched old hack, with a lion's skin over his back. As soon as the villagers learnt that it was only an ass, they cudgelled him till they broke his bones, and then went off with the lion's skin. When the merchant appeared and found that his ass had come to grief, he repeated the second stanza. The donkey, if he had been wise, might long the green barley have eaten. A lion's skin was his disguise but he gave a hee-haw and got beaten. As he was in the act of uttering these words, the ass expired. The merchant left him and went his way. The Priest in Horse Trappings Once upon a time, when the king Brahmadatta was reigning in Benares, the Bodhisatta was born of his chief queen. He came of age, and his father passed away, and then he became king and ruled in righteousness. The Bodhisatta had a family priest named Ruhaka, and this Ruhaka had an old Brahmin woman to wife. The king gave the Brahmin a horse accoutred with all its trappings, and he mounted the horse and went to wait upon the king. As he rode along on the back of his richly comparisoned steed, the people on this side and that were loud in its praise. "'See that fine horse!' they cried. "'What a beauty!' When he came home again, he went into his mansion and told his wife. "'Good wife,' said he, "'our horse is passing fine. Right and left the people are all speaking in praise of it.' Now his wife was no better than she should be, and full of deceit. So she made reply to him thus. "'Ah, husband, you do not know wherein lies the beauty of this horse. It is all in his fine trappings.' Now, if you would make yourself fine like the horse, put his trappings on yourself and go down into the street, prancing along horse fashion, you will see the king, and he will praise you, and all the people will praise you. This fool of a Brahmin listened to it all, but did not know what she proposed. So he believed her, and did as she said. All that saw him laughed aloud. "'There goes a fine professor,' said they all. And the king cried shame on him. 
why my teacher said he has your bile gone wrong are you crazy at this the brahmin thought that he must have behaved amiss and he was ashamed so he was wroth with his wife and made haste home saying to himself the woman has shamed me before the king and all his army i will chastise her and turn her out of doors but the crafty woman found out that he had come home in anger she stole a march on him and departed by a side door and made her way to the palace where she stayed four or five days when the king heard of it he sent for his priest and said to him my teacher all womankind are full of faults you ought to forgive this lady and with intent to make him forgive he uttered the first stanza even a broken bowstring can be mended and made whole forgive your wife and cherish not this anger in your soul hearing this ruhaka uttered the second while there is bark and workmen too tis easy to buy bowstrings new another wife i will procure i've had enough of this one sure so saying he sent her away and took him another brahmin woman to wife ingratitude punished once upon a time when king brahmadatta reigned over benares the bodhisattva was born as his chief queen's son on his name day they called him prince paduma the lotus prince after him came six younger brothers one after another these seven came of age and married and settled down living as the king's companions one day the king looked out into the palace courts and as he looked he saw these men with a great following on their way to wait upon himself he conceived the suspicion that they meant to slay him and seize his kingdom so he sent for them and after this fashion bespake them my sons you may not dwell in this town so go elsewhere and when i die you shall return and take the kingdom which belongs to our family they agreed to their father's words and went home weeping and wailing it matters not where we go they cried and taking their wives with them they left the city and journeyed along the road by and by they came to a wood where they could get no food or drink and being unable to bear the pangs of hunger they determined to save their lives at the woman's cost they seized the youngest brother's wife and slew her they cut her body into thirteen parts and ate it but the bodhisattva and his wife set aside one portion and ate the other between them thus they did six days and slew and ate six of the women and each day the bodhisattva set one portion aside so that he had six portions saved on the seventh day the others would have taken the bodhisattva's wife to kill her but instead he gave them the six portions which he had kept eat these said he to-morrow i will manage they all did eat the flesh and when the time came that they fell asleep the bodhisattva and his wife made off together when they had gone a little space the woman said husband i can go no further so the bodhisattva took her upon his shoulders and at sunrise he came out of the wood when the sun was risen said she husband i am thirsty there is no water dear wife said he 
but she begged him again and again till he struck his right knee with his sword and said water there is none but sit you down and drink the blood here from my knee and so she did by and by they came to the mighty ganges they drank they bathed they ate all manner of fruits and rested in a pleasant spot and there by a bend of the river they made a hermit's hut and took up their abode in it now it happened that a robber in the regions of upper ganges had been guilty of high treason his hands and feet and his nose and ears had been cut off and he was laid in a canoe and left to drift down the great river to this place he floated groaning aloud with pain the bodhisattva heard his piteous wailing while i live said he no poor creature shall perish for me and to the river bank he went and saved the man he brought him to the hut and with astringent lotions and ointments he tended his wounds but his wife said to herself here is a nice lazy fellow he has fetched out of the ganges to look after and she went about spitting for disgust at the fellow now when the man's wounds were growing together the bodhisattva had him to dwell there in the hut along with his wife and he brought fruits of all kinds from the forest to feed both him and the woman and as they thus dwelt together the woman fell in love with the fellow and committed sin then she desired to kill the bodhisattva and said to him husband as i sat on your shoulder when i came out from the forest i saw yon hill and vowed that if ever you and i should be saved and come to no harm i would make offering to the holy spirit of the hill now the spirit haunts me and i desire to pay my offering very good said the bodhisattva not knowing her guile he prepared an offering and delivering to her the vessel of offering he climbed the hilltop then his wife said to him husband not the hill spirit but you are my chief of gods then in your honor first of all i will offer wild flowers and walk reverently round you keeping you on the right and salute you and after that i will make my offering to the mountain spirit so saying she placed him facing a precipice and pretended to salute him by offering flowers and walking round him thus getting behind him she smote him on the back and hurled him down the precipice then she cried in her joy i have seen the back of my enemy and she came down from the mountain and went into the presence of her paramour now the bodhisattva tumbled down the cliff but he stuck fast in a clump of leaves on the top of a fig-tree where there were no thorns yet he could not get down the hill so there he sat among the branches eating the figs it happened that a huge lizard king used to climb the hill from the foot of it and would eat the fruit of this fig-tree that day he saw the bodhisattva and took to flight in the next day he came and ate some fruit on one side of it again and again he came till at last he struck up a friendship with the bodhisattva how did you get to this place he asked and the bodhisattva told him how well don't be afraid said the lizard and taking him on his own back he descended the hill and brought him out of the forest there he set him upon the high road and showed him what way he should go and himself returned to the forest the other proceeded to a certain village and dwelt there till he heard of his father's death upon this he made his way to benares 
there he inherited the kingdom which belonged to his family and took the name of king lotus the ten rules of righteousness for kings he did not transgress and he ruled uprightly he built six halls of bounty one at each of the four gates one in the midst of the city and one before the palace and every day he distributed in gifts six hundred thousand pieces of money now the wicked wife took her paramour upon her shoulders and came forth out of the forest and she went a-begging among the people and collected rice and gruel to support him withal if she was asked what the man was to her she would reply his mother was sister to my father he is my cousin to him they gave me even if he were doomed to death i would take my own husband upon my shoulders and care for him and beg food for his living what a devoted wife said all the people and thenceforward they gave her more food than ever some of them also offered advice saying do not live in this way king lotus is lord of benares he has set all india in a stir by his bounty it will delight him to see you so delighted will he be that he will give you rich gifts put your husband in this basket and make your way to him so saying they persuaded her and gave her a basket of osiers the wicked woman placed her paramour in the basket and taking it up she repaired to benares and lived on what she got at the halls of bounty now the bodhisatta used to ride to an alms-hall upon the back of a splendid elephant richly dight and after giving alms to eight or ten people he would set out again for home then the wicked woman placed her paramour in the basket and taking it up she stood where the king was used to pass the king saw her who is this he asked a devoted wife was the answer he sent for her and recognized who she was he caused the man to be put down from the basket and asked her what is this man to you he is the son of my father's sister given me by my family my own husband she answered ah what a devoted wife cried they all for they knew not the ins and outs of it and they praised the wicked woman what is this scoundrel your cousin did your family give him to you asked the king your husband is he she did not recognize the king and yes my lord she said as bold as you like and is this the king of benares's son are you not the wife of prince lotus the daughter of such and such a king your name so and so did you not drink the blood from my knee did you not fall in love with this rascal and throw me down a precipice ah you thought that i was dead and here you are with death written upon your own forehead and here i am alive then he turned to his courtiers do you remember what i told you when you questioned me my six younger brothers slew their six wives and ate them but i kept my wife unhurt and brought her to ganges bank where i dwelt in a hermit's hut i hauled a condemned criminal out of the river and supported him this woman fell in love with him and threw me down a precipice but i saved my life by showing kindness this is no other than the wicked woman who threw me off the crag this and no other is the condemned wretch and then he uttered the following verses tis i no other and this queen is she the handle's knave no other there you see quoth she this is the husband of my youth 
Women deserve to die. They have no truth. With a great club beat out the scoundrel's life, who lies in wait to steal his neighbor's wife. Then take the faithful harlot by and by, and shear off nose and ears before she die. But although the Bodhisatta could not swallow his anger and ordain this punishment for them, he did not do accordingly. But he smothered his wrath and had the basket fixed upon her head so fast that she could not take it off. The villain he had placed in the same, and they were driven out of his kingdom. End of section 17